Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, my man, how's it going today? It's going really well, Shay. It's been quite the week. Excited about this episode. And honestly, there's just been so much going on in and out of the podcast world that uh, we're kind of tired, but yes. happy to be here as always. Well, I think we were talking on the behind the scenes with the patrons a little bit. And I think I said, this is going to be the most tired I've ever been during a show. We've definitely been pushing it this week. So I'm here because this is always a great time to chat Apex, catch up with the folks. Um, but yeah, I don't know how high energy we're going to be during this chat. But we got a fun one, like Henry said. We're going over the Raiders collection event, as well as going into some of one of our favorite limited time modes of all time. Winter Express, offering a little bit of a preview, a guide. We hopped in, played a couple games uh, yesterday, and, and right as it came out. And my, oh my, Henry, they liked our ELO after the first three games. Started getting smashed by some Preds and Masters. That is right. Um, but yeah, we're pretty experienced in the old Winter Express. It's definitely our most played mode, and we are big fans of it. So hopefully we can share some knowledge on what we found to be successful. Winter Express is the mode that, in part, led to the start of the podcast, so a little fun fact there. Before we talk about that, though, and some other news, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Link for that is in the bio. If you're interested in supporting the third-party podcast and you want to get even more content, please consider joining our Patreon. The link's in the description, and get a ton of extra benefits over there extra episodes, signed replica merch and weapons. We got a bunch of exclusive things over there uh, for you to check out and enjoy. So if that's up your alley for the holidays, go check it out. Appreciate any support over there. Let's dive into the news. First piece of news, little ALGS update. The split one playoffs are being moved from land to online due to COVID, unfortunately. The hope is still for split two to have a LAN event. We were actually talking about going to it, so a little sad to hear that news. Hopefully, split number two ends up on LAN, though. It's such a great environment, I imagine, uh, looking back at some of the OG Apex tournament videos. But outside of that, in terms of ALGS stuff, there is a new competitor badge added to the game. So if you compete in ALGS, you actually get a unique badge now that you can flex on people with. So I'm going to really be looking out for that one, because if I get killed by someone that was playing in the ALGS, I'm going to know that uh, I was definitely outmatched for that fight. <laughs> yeah, these sweaty lobbies. Then you'll really know for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd really love to go uh, to a LAN event. It'd be so fun. As soon as possible, as soon as we can. So looking forward to that. Let's dive into the Raiders collection event, though. And the first thing to know with this collection event, we got skins on skins on skins. So we got the 24 exclusive collection event items. We got a shop that is rotating in old event skins. We got the holiday sale with all the Christmas theme skins as well. Henry, you got a favorite at all? Or is anything tickling your fancy, maybe making you pull the trigger this holiday season? You did just invest in a Gibby skin. Are you going to double down on anything else now at this point? Um... I will not be doubling <laughs> down on anything, uh, most likely, unless something crazy happens uh, closer to the big day. Um, but th honestly, as kind of weird to me and random as the skins are, um, they're really good. 
Like yeah. they're really good skins. I really like the Revenant skin with the black beard. I think that's a really good one. Um, but overall, I think the look is really cool. Yeah, they do such a great job with the skins all the time. Uh, I think you and I were uh, both a little bit disappointed that the skins were kind of the highlight of everything coming with this update. But as always, they really do a killer job with them. And I have some, I have a couple Apex coins to spare right now, just sitting in the in the portfolio. So I might, uh, I might drop some money on some packs maybe we get a skin in the store or something we'll see i'm a sucker for christmas so i can always get tempted into looking like santa claus as uh, any of the legends the other big update though that came with this collection event was a new custom reticle color system something that fans and streamers and everyone that's played this game has really been kind of hoping for for a long time you get to couple options you can select a color from some of the apex recommended favorites or use the color brightness sliders to find the perfect color that suits you you can also manually enter an rgb color there are some limitations on that there's some colors that would apparently look invisible if in the environment based off of the color it is and those ones are not allowed and the hue will be changed essentially Besides that, you can toggle between four different handpick environments to preview how your reticle actually look in combat. I think it's pretty cool. Something that I don't know if it's the uh, ground breaking stuff we were hoping for, but a uh, really, really nice little feature added to the game. I've already rocking a pink reticle currently. <laughs> yeah, it, this is something that is definitely a, a premier change. This uh, collection event. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. It's definitely not rocking the world. Uh, you know, if you're not using this feature, I don't think that you're necessarily missing out on anything. Um, one of my favorite things about custom reticles and other games like Call of Duty is being able to change in different symbols and yeah. things like that. So I don't know. It, with this collection event, it also kind of brought back the idea uh, for me that clubs is something that Respawn mm -hmm. Apex really were excited about initially said they were going to continue to maintain it and develop features for it and now we're a year later haven't really gotten that but my hope and dream is that kind of a lot of the tools that are used to make your club banner or badge could be used to create a reticle so that'd be cool some cool things potentially in the future but the reticles cool use it if you'd like mm -hmm. don't if you don't want to Next big piece of news from this uh, patch is that the Winter Express mode is back. We're going to discuss it later, though, so no spoilers so much. Got some tips and tricks in this episode. Stay tuned. Next important thing, though, we got the Watson Heirloom, the energy, like an energy reader, essentially. Where it's like, what are your first impressions looking at this heirloom? It's getting some negative backlash right now across socials. Uh, I think we're going to try and put a positive spin on it because we both seem to like it but i'd love to hear your your live thoughts at least on this uh heirloom i really like it i love anything that's unique and that isn't an axe or a blade um we've had some really cool heirlooms in the past we're kind of maybe strange and that we think mirage's heirloom is almost one of the best um mm -hmm. just because it's so funny it's so close to his character it looks really good it has great inspects i would definitely think that watson's is as cool um you know i'm not a watson main so i don't have a ton <laughs> you know to throw behind this but i like how unique this heirloom is 
Yeah. I think I, like I told you when we first saw it that I'm like, this is really cool. We kind of talked about some of the leaks for it. Like it's a very interesting idea. I think the negativity on socials and people's reaction to it is more so how cool some of the theoretical heirlooms and fan made heirlooms were like an electric fencing sword. It's kind of hard to rival that essentially when the expectation is so high but like you said and i agree 100 percent, the uniqueness of this heirloom is so cool and it really does set it apart from just being another knife or axe which is why we also love mirages as you said so i'm i'm totally in on this i don't think i'll be making the purchase myself i don't play watson enough to justify this one uh, but for any watson mains out there do hope you enjoy and uh yeah Get some melee kills. Let's find out what that unique animation is that uh, every heirloom seems to find. Because I haven't seen anyone post about it yet on Twitter at this point. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think that this heirloom is cool to us. There's a really passionate Watson community out there that mm-hmm. doesn't really like it, it feels. Um, but I don't think this heirloom is going to be a top seller because of it. And there's just not a whole lot of Watson mains out there. But what's odd is this heirloom was potentially postponed or delayed because Watson got skipped. So I think there was a lot of anticipation for this one and it kind of fell from that high, high expectation. Yeah. Always hard to beat everybody's expectations for sure. Once they start getting up there. So they put, they put themselves in a bad situation, but I think I'll still, if I ever have enough extra heirloom shards and choose to get this one someday i'll uh, i'll enjoy using it i guess <laughs> good answer. oh man let's get into some balancing changes though There's some fun stuff we got one kind of I, I would say the larger one per se in terms of how it was posed whether we think it's a huge one we can talk about now but there was a change to seer so they decreased the focus of attention detonation delay from 1.6 seconds to 1.4 seconds that is back to on release timing and i'll read a little dev note and then you can give some thoughts so from the devs seer was dialed back to a healthier spot with the balance hot fix soon after his release however after four months of evaluating his use in the live game the detonation delay seems a little too sluggish we want to improve its feel while continuing to evaluate the reveal meta as a whole what are your thoughts Um, So the very end of that is really the key here. Um, We've heard from the balance team that they're really trying to redefine and think about is having a wall hack meta okay? Mm -hmm. Is Bloodhound being strong okay to have? Can you have a challenger like Seer come in and bring power to a team that's not unfair? Mm Mm-hmm. For the longest time, we've been on kind of the side that Bloodhound is fair. It's okay. Like, that, it's not a bad thing that should be removed from the game or necessarily nerfed. But the rest of this statement from the devs is pretty embarrassing, I think, and is borderline frustrating just because Seer is not in a good space and is essentially considered a failure maybe even more so than Fuse after release, which is incredible to say, but I think is pretty true based off of the popularity and pick rate. And it's just sad that a developer would say, after we did this hot patch, gutting the tactical, it took us four months to evaluate. I don't know. That's weird. And it it just doesn't really add up. And it's sad that this is all Seer gets, and 
I think this is probably going to be the end of the discussion because even though they say they're going to continue to think about reveal meta and things like that, I don't see Bloodhound, you know, getting tanked in the near future. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sad to me. We've been talking about Seer a lot on the show, and this is really not what we were anticipating. Yeah, I mean, Seer is sitting now at 2.1% pick rate, which is the third worst in the game, just above Rampart, a little bit above Crypto. But yes, below Rev, below Fuse, below Cossack, below Watson. And so this is definitely... A tough spot to be in. I think when we talk about the reveal meta as a whole, I wonder is the fact that kind of what we talked about with Valk, a passive in terms of an ability being like a very powerful, is that kind of where things start to feel oppressive? Is it okay to reveal people? Yes, but maybe is it too hard to reveal people all of the time? And so if everyone's playing Seer, everyone is always having this sort of reveal I don't know. I'm trying to play devil's advocate and justify why essentially we can have this change because I'm more so think it's interesting that we have Seer so far down this list, but Bloodhound's allowed to be at the top. That's kind of, I think, where the disparity comes in. If Bloodhound was also lower in the pick rate charts and not the most popular legend, and the reasoning was just, hey, reveal meta is not something we want to have. That makes a little more sense to me. But the fact that we have one so high up and one so far down low, it seems like Neither is in the ideal state, essentially, of where they uh, want them to be. So hopefully this isn't the end, but I could, uh, yeah, it, it could be a while till we hear some more stuff on this side of things. I just view this as a pretty blatant balancing failure, and that's pretty negative, but just to revert a change four months after isn't really taking a look at the kit, considering things, making changes and tweaks, seeing what the player base feels like doesn't feel like there's an effort to make Seer viable. And that's well, what, it, what it feels like to me is Seer came in mm-hmm. was, we don't think he was horribly oppressive, but it was loud with how bad like people thought he was. And yeah. this is a, this is kind of like when we good. talk about bad as in like good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. OP. Like OP. Yeah. Broken, broken. And now he's sitting at the bottom. And so, is is it kind of driven by public opinion in terms of balancing with this one that this is a case study of yeah probably yeah. and I, I think that's kind of what we can look at essentially in terms of why he's down there why we've gone through the changes and how we've gone through the changes so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing we could talk about in another episode it's just it's not it doesn't seem to be fully consistent right now with what's going on so that's kind of where we're at let's talk about arc stars though um they made some changes which we were not really expecting at all either but so they changed some of the effects for sticks and non-sticks so for sticks the base damage was lowered from 30 to 10 the shield damage multiplier increased from times three to times four. So sticks on the shield to enemies will now max out at 40 instead of 90. And sticking an enemy now applies a slow debuff, which is reverting in the uh, legacy update change. For non-sticks, the slow duration is now driven by distance to the center of the arc star detonation. Okay. Kind of some interesting stuff. Let's hear the devs explain it here in the dev note. Arc stars excel in a lot of areas. They have high damage potential coupled with a punishing slow and can be thrown more accurately than any other ordnance types. Removing the stick slow created some 
Degenerate play patterns and often made it hard to tell when you got stuck in the heat of battle. We're bringing that back with the trade-off of lower damage potential and a proximity-based slow falloff in non-stick cases. These changes make stick scenarios more consistent across shield types and make our stars less effective at area denial. Some of your first impressions. I know you're not like the, you're a thermite guy through and through, I feel like. So how do you feel about this arc star stuff? Another just random, random change that I truly don't understand. Like arc stars are a really, really fun element of the game. Sticking an arc star is one of the most fun things in the game. This to me, really seems to ruin it big time. This is saying if you stick an enemy, it's going to do a maximum of 50 damage. That's really not good. Like Mm -hmm. it will continue to slow, but outside of a stick where that's at its peak ability, 50 damage and slow. Wow. That's really not worth the effort and the luck that it takes to get that. If you don't get a stick, an arc star is almost doing nothing it feels Mm -hmm. at this point like you are way better off using a thermite or a frag in 90 percent of situations i think this is kind of sad to really attack one of the staple like throwables of apex yeah i mean the arc star was my favorite grenade for a long time and going into this game and so i think essentially What they did was took some of the characteristics of kind of saying, hey, this is going to be the accurate grenade, and that's kind of how we're going to hold it up to be. And so it is more of a slowing thing now rather than a, okay, this is no longer a death sentence if you stick or really nail somebody with it. And so I don't know. It's sad because, like, yeah, it's not as rewarding to stick. But I don't know. On playing on the other side of it, it's not going to feel like you're getting killed by nades as much, which is kind of how we talk about one of the more frustrating deaths people have in this game. Totally. I would just argue that I didn't ever feel that sticking or getting stuck was a death sentence. I survived many, many times getting stuck, and this whole developer like speech on how they want to make it more uh understandable if you got Mm -hmm. stuck what the impact was going to be so that you can learn how to react to these situations i do not think this is the way to go about that i think that you could have changed something about the ui on the icon to show that you have been stuck um but i didn't i don't really see a reason for something like this and i think that a big takeaway is i really don't think you're going to be using arc stars as much anymore and Mm -hmm. That's too bad. You still could, but they already were less damaged than a frag if you didn't know. So it really was about getting the stick, trying to really disrupt, confuse, slow, and then push in. So to just take even more of the damage away, almost cut the damage more than half mm-hmm. is uh, quite the nerf to the Arc like, Stars. Like you said, it was just, it's a very random one that is not 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 at the top of the list i think for what people were expecting or hoping for in terms of balancing let's talk about the next one though when we keep this random train kind of going and we got a change to the splatter rounds this one really broke henry's heart he immediately messaged me about it as soon as the patch notes dropped so they removed the increased magazine capacity on the splatter rounds so developer note 
Big Mod has been an awesome drop location and a reliable source of early power for teams that win the loot hot drop. However, the paintball weapons are proving to be a little too strong, so we're going to remove the increased maga size, but keep the handling improvements. So essentially, no longer will it have this increased magazine capacity that kind of makes it like this, you know, do you want to say like it's just this huge, huge advantage over other people? Like how, how would you frame it in terms of that? Like I think it's hard to look at because we have to trust this kind of note essentially that, hey, it was performing powerfully because we didn't really know if we were getting killed by a gold paintball weapon unless we saw somebody pick it up and immediately kill us yeah. or something. Yeah, what's what's interesting is these the splatter rounds didn't make weapons more powerful. Just didn't. Made them easier to use with mm-hmm. one extra magazine, essentially, or one extra burst or a few extra bullets. So it made it so that you could get knocks easier. It was more forgiving. Didn't, you know, decrease the time to kill, didn't make things kind of overtly unfair, just made them easier to use. They're also so controlled, so rare. There was only a maximum of two gold, like splatter round weapons on the map at any time and they were very underused so the fact that this kind of fun thing was removed makes me sad and i I would have felt like it could have been nice to take this massive thing away and maybe give something back by putting more gold magazines on Mm -hmm. more weapons in the in the vendit machines um and give something back because I really like this uh, town takeover POI and I thought these were really fun to use worth dropping here for and you know 15% faster reload speed I don't know if that's worth it for me well it's interesting because like you're the numbers guy so I think it's interesting like I, I see the easier to use weapon I think that's power in of itself the fact that a gun's easier to use is powerful not in the direct time to kill statement but I would have just loved to hear from these devs like how much more powerful was it like was it like yeah. really increasing your chances to win gunfights and maybe that's asking for too much we know how hard we had our kind of our interview with m ray like it's very hard to share data and stuff but i think this is one of those cases where it would have been really nice to hear a little bit about exactly why this change was going down and some maybe some proof points rather than being a little too strong but in the end like you and i care about this stuff the average player, I, I don't think Nobody's this is going to notice this. Yeah, the, people aren't going to really care about it too much. So it's like, end of the day, it's not a huge deal. Just another like really random one that, you know, I think people in our audience probably care about, but maybe not the majority of people. Last kind of change in the balancing perspective from these patch notes, essentially, uh, but weren't actually in the patch notes. We got them from Twitter from Rodney Reese is that there were some storm point updates. They fixed some bugs. Um, added more cover to the map which is something that had they had been talked about doing for a while i'm kind of interested to see if uh any videos come out about maybe where some of those points are and kind of get a little breakdown of that and some circle adjustments so ring adjustments always good to have over the course of a new map coming out and stuff you always find the weird ones uh, after everyone plays for a while so some nice good healthy changes that'll hopefully help storm point out a little bit more overall what do you think about the collection it's a it's a slow collection event, I think, to be kind. Um, it, it was a lot of changes that I don't think we were 
we, I don't think we would have had them at the top of our list for kind of things we we want or do. And like we kind of said, like splatter rounds, not going to have a huge impact on the game. The seer change, not going to have a huge impact on seer. This isn't going to increase his pick rate or anything. The arc star is probably the biggest change. I think that it was really nice to get this new custom reticle color system. I think that's cool. But one of the things I've always told you is I, I get quite disappointed when the biggest thing to come out of an update or a collection event, which, and I'm going to say, like, does not happen. This is essentially like kind of like one of the first times I've felt this way is that when the skins are kind of like the biggest deal and stuff, because yeah. that that's not exactly what I want to see personally. And what's interesting about this time around is this is a collection event. This is yeah. a major game update. You have season releases and then you have collection events. There's smaller mm-hmm. events, what we call like minor updates that are based around like the Shadowfall event. Mm-hmm. That's not a collection event. That's just a kind of a small, finite thing. But for a collection event, especially in a season where we didn't get a whole lot of balancing at release, to have these random underwhelming changes are pretty disappointing um to say the least i think well let's talk about it though so we got we're gonna do before we get into kind of some winter express stuff we got a little state of apex snapshot asking the question where is apex and and is it past its prime um and more so we're just answering this question because we are i think probably known for being the uh, optimistic kind of people and i want people to kind of get a snapshot of where we are at with things in terms of apex currently because there's a lot of news going out and about right now apex isn't performing super strongly on twitch it's not having the record-breaking numbers that people were complaining about that we were sharing each and every week on the podcast and uh, a lot of people are leaving the respawn studio right now so we're going to give you guys a little bit of insight into what's going on uh, and then give some of our thoughts on it start us off by talking a little bit about how this collection event time of the year compares to some of the past Christmas holiday seasons we've had. Yeah. So if anybody else is feeling underwhelmed maybe by the heirloom or by the changes or the lack thereof, um, especially when winter express premiered in season three, um, mm-hmm. at that time there was also a Shadowfall event in season three. So for us, that was the previous season, but we got it combined in season three and there was also a lifeline heirloom so you got lifelines heirloom and pathfinders heirloom in one season Mm -hmm. a little different nowadays but you got a little extra in season three and then on top of having winter express as a new mode brand new um we also got the town takeover mirage voyage plus double xp weekend and this was the first time that we had the full kind of collection event style of 24 skins as a part of the event mm-hmm. so at the beginning of uh winter express there was a lot more content essentially mm-hmm. than last year it was year. a crazy time yeah <laughs> it really was this was hype like we said at the top of the show this is almost kind of what started us wanting to create content around apex uh and we played a ton at this time last year season seven um winter express was not uh what was an event it wasn't a part of the collection event so on mm-hmm. top of having this holiday winter express mode with skins and this uh, limited time mode we also got the fight night collection event that had pathfinder pathfinder's town takeover 
the airdrop escalation uh, limited time mode, which is a lot of fun. And then we had five weapon and legend balancing updates as well. So really, this is the least amount of content that we've had around Winter Express ever Mm -hmm. and is probably the most underwhelming content wise of a collection event to date. The lack of a town takeover is one of the things that kind of weirded me out because that's just kind of been part of this cadence that we've come to expect with these collection events. And we didn't get anything and haven't heard any reasons really why. And I, if I, I just would have loved maybe some communication on that front as it's something I know a lot of people in our discord and such were really looking forward to seeing like, hey, are we going to get something on the new map? We were kind of saying probably not, but you're going to get something on one of the older maps or what's getting rotated in for the second split. Are we going to get an update there on a town takeover or something? And now it seems like we're going to be waiting another three months from this point to see what the next town takeover is. And I just wanted to try to set the record straight a little bit. We're not necessarily complaining. Like we're not trying to be negative about the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to say like, oh, this game is dead. There's nothing going on. I want more content. I want more content. Yes, of course. We understand that we just got a new, huge, incredible map. That is amazing. We also know that all of the content around Apex is very compartmentalized. Like mm-hmm. we know one person works on creating a legend, essentially from the actual gameplay perspective you know, one or two people work on, you know, weapons and new weapons. And there's a dedicated team for maps and maps take about a year and a half to build. There are people that are dedicated and responsible for creating town takeovers and new modes and Mm -hmm. new weapons and balancing. And we just feel like there is a lack of all the things that we've come to expect. And the question kind of is, is this a failure of leadership? Is this a new dis- like direction that we're heading in terms of a new cadence? Where are these people at and why aren't they working on the things they normally work on is kind of what we're saying. It's not that we're saying, I want more, I want more. We just want kind of what we normally get and yeah. it causes us to be concerned that we don't get what we have learned to expect. Yes, yes, yes. When when you don't get what you learn to expect from the game that's been doing it for two years without any reasoning or communication, that's that's a little scary, I think, as you know, two absolute diehard Apex Legends fans. Let's talk about some of the other news though that broke this week on some of these employees that have left. So Chad Grenier, co-founder of Respawn and game director on Apex Legends, along with Jason McCord, design director. For Apex Legends and at Respawn both left in this last week and continued somewhat of what Henry and I have seen as somewhat of a of a pattern of people leaving quite recently. You know, we had David Bocek leave, we had Ryan Rigney leave, two guys that were, you know, one's a weapons dude, one's really was a huge part of the community and communications. Uh, Klein recently, he was fired though, so slightly different. And we got some writers and there's been people, other people along the way. If there's any other names you want to highlight, feel free. We got a big list here. And I think that this is an interesting thing to look at. I'll give my opinion and you can give yours. We might have slightly different opinions on this, but like, I think it is, I don't like seeing people on social media and stuff talk about, oh my goodness, like everyone's leaving, the game is dead. 
blah, blah, blah. Like these are people that absolutely passionately love this game. They built it from the ground up. Seeing them go is quite sad. I think you and I hope that that just means the game is being left in good hands. Chad kind of posted the article saying like the people that built Apex are handing it off to people that now say that Apex is their favorite video game. And so I'm excited to see who comes in. And my only fear is that like we haven't seen a ton of like, hey, I got hired by Respawn to be the lead game designer on Apex Legends. And I just kind of want to know who's in charge selfishly so we can try to invite them on the podcast and uh, have some more conversations and stuff and see who's going to be in charge of kind of this cadence and what we've grown to love in the game. But if you have if you have more fears or a different opinion, feel free to share as well. Um, Like I said, I'm concerned. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we've lost core people at every level like lead writers tom manny no longer Mm -hmm. work on apex um lead producers lead game designers now two game directors you know have come and gone from apex these are major changes to our favorite game studio Mm -hmm. they've just created some incredible titles apex you know first and foremost Mm -hmm. and I feel like we don't like Respawn. We like the people. And so for the people that built Respawn and built Apex to be leaving, it's really sad and concerning that we don't know what the capabilities of the new people are. We haven't met them. We don't know what they've you know, been capable of. We don't know what the future of Apex is because all the friendly faces that we've had for this whole journey are gone everyone we've grown to trust essentially you know yeah you build the game you build the community you grow that trust with your fans and a lot of the trust that the people you know the people that were active in the community had are now working on other stuff which I, we're totally excited there's people that work in the games industry to follow as well and like super happy for people for moving on and doing their own thing um yeah it's going to be interesting to monitor it, it is a little nerve-wracking I'm excited to see if, uh, you know, there's always an opportunity, though, for new people to come in and bring new ideas. So hopefully that's the direction we go. And hopefully we don't have to have another chat about this and another three months about kind of like a maybe slower season again or something. So, yeah, optimistic, hopefully. Like you said, it is completely okay to take a new role, to change, to work on a new game, (laughs) you know, all the this entire team that has built Apex and Respawn are used to creating a lot of games, a game a year, if not more, working on Apex for two or three years. That's a lot. That's way different than what they've ever done before. So you're allowed to move on and do other things and not hate Apex, but just (laughs) feel like you want to create something because we can even sit here and say, all right, what has, you know, a lead game designer done on apex in the last year when we had daniel Kahn on the show he does balancing or he did balancing every season and then he created mm-hmm. one legend outside of that we don't really know what the day-to-day is so we think it's okay if they get bored or they want to do something new <laughs> um but i i just i do have concerns about what's going to happen in the future how ea is going to invest into respawn or to keep apex you know on the forefront as a very competitive title um because it's a really competitive time right now 
And yeah, I think yeah, let, we should talk about it. Let's talk about that competition. That's kind of the other thing is that Apex having a slightly slower season uh, in terms of popularity right now. And part of that is that other games are going big right now in December. So Call of Duty dropped Vanguard. That's always going to be a little hit in the first person shooter genre. We got the largest Warzone update of all time coming this week. I know even Nick Merckx is going to be flipping back there to play for a little bit. And so that's a quite exciting update as well. Massive Fortnite update for Chapter 3. It was so big and introduced something like sliding that Henry and I were like, whoa, whoa, wait, that's actually kind of cool. And swing like Spider-Man? Like, oh, quite interesting. And then we also got Halo Infinite and Battlefield 2042. So every big hitter in the first-person shooter genre is coming right now with something. And so it's a totally hard time to compete um and a very very good reason to be having a slower season in terms of popularity right now yeah i think that this is probably the most competitive shooter time ever almost mm-hmm. if i could say that like i'm talking gaming history here like, i mean it's this not is often probably halo comes the, back yeah like <laughs> this is just huge in terms of how many choices a player has to make on what to play. So it's all right that Apex isn't out here breaking all the records right now. Um, But it's important to point out that for all of 2021, Apex has been killing it, like seriously dominating um, Fortnite and Warzone on Twitch, on players. Um, They've been doing a really, really good job. Now, all so we're willing said, to give them the month. Yeah, they, they get the month. <laughs> but you have to point out the fact that when Apex's competition is doing their largest content ever and you choose to release an energy reader and an Arcstar nerf as your content, I don't know how much like respect you're going to get out of that. And... The player base, I think, is really excited and loves Apex for its core. Movement, gunplay, legends, lore, it's all great. But I think I feel like players deserved a little bit more. A little more of an effort. But like we just talked about with all these like staffing changes, this is probably a turbulent time internally for Respawn. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot going on. I think the point that we were just essentially trying to, in this little snapshot, is that there is a whole lot going on in the scene in terms of things that are affecting Apex currently. And so looking towards the future, though, Henry and I are not out here having this podcast episode to tell you guys that we're quitting the game or anything. Like, we love Apex. It's great. Like, we just... We want to keep you guys informed, obviously, and we uh, we decide to we don't really hide our opinions from you too much. So that that was essentially the goal. Looking towards the future, though, we got really exciting things coming for Apex season twelve. That's going to be the third year anniversary. That's going to be a really big deal. It's a big deal to us. Hopefully, it's a really big deal to Apex as well. They've treated the anniversaries pretty well in the past. So that's going to be a really awesome update, I'm sure. Yeah, I think this is the peak time it's the best update essentially in terms of timing for apex because it's after all the new game seasons after the holidays it is the anniversary of apex i think that it's a really good time for a lot of cool content especially since this season has been kind of lacking overall and kind of 
I say that just focusing on balancing, to be honest. Not having balancing hurt. We got more a new map this season. We thought like new map, yeah. amazing <laughs> new weapon. Mm-hmm. Happy about that. Um Legend, pretty cool. Mostly on the lore side, but pretty cool. <laughs> but last kind of anniversary season was season eight. We had 12 legend and weapon balancing updates. So mm-hmm. that's big. We also had a new weapon. We had a cool map update. So the hope is that we'll get back on and have some amazing content next season. But we're expecting a little more, uh, to be honest, from this season and the collection event. Yeah. I mean, w- what's on your wish list? What do you think Apex uh, needs going into the future? Maybe we do a little Christmas list episode here in the future. But if you had to give a brief thought to wrap up this segment, where are you at? It sounds like you were kind of locked in a little bit on the balancing stuff a little bit is that kind of still where you stand currently yeah i think the you know my perspective is i want more transparency i want to talk with devs more i want to have a dev stream back i want to have you know Mm -hmm. game and balancing updates to both weapons and legends with clear explanations like we're used to um and then i'd love to have regular limited time modes again you know, mm-hmm. I think that's fun. It's achievable. I don't believe it's asking too much. Um, and I'd love to just continue down the path that Arenas has formed with more modes like that. And I think we'll talk more about that with Winter Express here after the break. Totally. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited for the future as always. I really hope the dev streams come back. And uh hey, if respawn, if anyone's listening and you don't want to do dev streams anymore, uh feel free. We'll take on the responsibility if you just need us to relay information in the form of a video or audio chat. So always happy to help out. But yeah, just uh that communication is always awesome. And we've been told in the past that balancing was not just a tool to keep the game balanced, but to keep the game fresh. And that's a really exciting thing too when we look at hey all the patch notes changes season to season so hopefully some more stuff in the future for sure uh, until then though we're enjoying winter express and before we break that down though here's a little word from our sponsors today we have a really cool sponsor one that's going to let us interact with you all on a more personal level we're hosting a live chat q a style on all things apex or gaming on the wisdom app thursday 12-9-21 at 1 p.m. PST. Wisdom is a new social podcasting platform app that allows listeners to personally talk with their favorite podcasters. So if you want to download the app early and follow us, you can find our profiles in the description of this show or take a stab at spelling my username because I used the full name and you're at Kirk Rudo Shea, good luck, or at Henry B. So you can go find Henry. Henry will be easy to find. It'll be helpful. <laughs> Otherwise, links to join the chat will be provided on all our socials for the chat tomorrow. It's going to be a blast over there. Hopefully some of you will show up for a pretty exclusive conversation with the two of us. So go download the Wisdom app today. Yeah, I hope to see you guys over there. Welcome back. Let's get into the Winter Express guide. Henry, you said it in the behind the scenes. You said this was going to be a shorter episode. What happened? Because now we got everything to talk about all Winter Express. And uh, I know we're just going to keep rolling with this. Yeah, I don't know. Good thing we have a show because we definitely know how to talk. <laughs> okay, give uh, give the listeners a little bit of a breakdown of Winter Express, slight refresh for anyone that maybe hasn't played in the past, and then we'll go into some of the features and some strategies I think that we uh, we tend to work with on a game-to-game basis. Yeah, so 
Winter Express is really the only objective-based mode in Apex. And Mm -hmm. that is awesome for so many reasons, just because it allows for different play styles to shine that maybe don't in Mm -hmm. other versions of Apex, even now that we have arenas as well. Um, Centered around a train, narrated by Mirage himself. (laughs) It's hilarious. It's got great music. Shay would probably tell you it's the greatest music of Apex history. I play it year round. (laughs) That's right. Um, But essentially, we kind of just wanted to break it down, go through everything Mm -hmm. that we feel about the game mode and what we found to be successful and talk about the huge new update and change this year. So essentially, we got 3v3v3 fights and that's so fun fighting over the objective like the train and since the launch of winter express we've gotten one new wrinkle each season so far not each season each kind of time it's recycled back in this time around we got two really interesting things that we think could be little hints at maybe what the future of apex legends is looking at so now you pick your legend on the legend select screen but additionally, you have the option to switch your legend in between deaths, which that is something essentially new in terms of when we'd break down Winter Express in the past, we've had to talk about team comps and stuff. You can shift your team comp game to game, match round to round if you want to at this point. I think that's pretty exciting. How do you feel about this feature being added? I think that it's big. I mean, talking about just a major difference between arenas and this winter express format, not having a point system, just being able to be kind of versatile, I think really maximizes legend abilities in Mm -hmm. an apex legends game mode. But more so, I think the weapons and the classes are the big time here. Yeah. So the other addition was that you now have five classes that you get to choose from and pick from each round if you lose. And the classes rotate each and every hour. They're essentially look to be built to be balanced in some way, shape, or form. You have the specialist, you have close quarters, you have assault, heavy, long range. And then each has two weapons kind of playing into that category per se. I think this is really cool. I messaged you after the first game. I said, dude, this might be the future of Apex. And when I say that, I mean the future of if we ever add more modes into the game, TDM style. We were curious how a select the class, pick a class loadout system was going to be balanced. Is it just going to ch- turn into everyone using an R301? I think is something you told me. And this really solves that kind of question. Like you have five choices. You will try and decide which one you think is most powerful, but I like it. It's very essentially Battlefield-esque in terms of Pick your play style with your class and your legend at a time. There is some flexibility between them, but I think it works really well. What are your thoughts? I love this for so many reasons. I think that, number one, having it on such a fast uh, rotation makes it really fresh so that you're not Mm -hmm. really kind of tunnel vision into one loadout for the entire duration of Winter Express. In previous years... Essentially, you've had different loadouts rotate every day between Mm -hmm. different legends. And that was fine. Honestly, we loved it. So can't really complain. This is better just because you have more options. You're making more fun choices. You can switch it up mid-game, which is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And you can make choices based off of the play style of your legend. Mm -hmm. A year ago, if you were a Gibraltar main, there was a day 
maybe multiple days where your class was a purple RE45. <laughs> that does not really lend itself to Gibraltar's kit very well. This allows you to pick what works best for you, and that's pretty awesome. And it probably benefits nobody else better than Rampart, just being able to make <laughs> yes. sure that you can have an LMG no matter what, every single game, every round. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's just this, the, the quick customization of guns and legends within a game round to round provides such a replayability and freshness to this mode that I think is quite exciting. And it, it's what pe keeps people engaged in like non-Battle Royale style games, essentially. And so this is definitely a tool. I will not be surprised if this is kind of our first instance of seeing it. And later down the line, we see another mode that incorporates something along these lines. To me, it makes a lot more sense than some sort of Call of Duty create a class system, if that was ever something that we thought was going to come to the games. It's cool. I think that's, we can keep going on and on, but I think I'm just going to be, you know, saying the same thing over and over yeah. again, that I'm really excited about it. And it's been a ton of short, a ton of fun playing so far. It's a lot of fun. Hard to say anything else than that. Yeah, some of the other changes, we got unlimited small heals, but they are on fast heals this time around. Henry, I know this one might hit you hard. No batteries. How are you feeling so far? This is a big adjustment for you and the hashtag bat life here at the third party. Yeah, bat life for sure. I think that because there are three teams, this is one of the things we've always loved about Winter Express. It allows you to kind of play in the middle on the outside mm -hmm. of the fight. So you have the objective of the train, but depending on where your health is, you can kind of retreat when necessary to heal up. Mm -hmm. um, not having bats always hurts, but I think slow heals and having fast works really well just because then in between rounds, if you're still on the train or if you had to get off the train, you have enough time to heal up before you hit the next station. So all good there. Mm -hmm. it's it's really good i think it's fast healing brings back this reminder of you can really heal mid-combat and that's something to keep in your mind while playing in terms of trying to pull it off but also knowing that hey if you hit somebody pretty good if they're playing smart there's a very good chance they're going to have 25 to 50 shields that you probably weren't expecting them to have when you push them. And that can make all the difference in terms of needing to hit a couple shots left or when you push, do you reload, all that kind of fun stuff. So keep it in mind, fast seals were removed for a reason because it kind of led to some interesting gameplay. And that's kind of what the developers told us. So I never thought we were going to see it back in any way, shape or form. But I do think it's quite interesting and it's enjoyable. The other kind of thing about the loadouts this time around is you have three throwable slots, mm -hmm. which is pretty insane. You know, mm -hmm. you think about nine throwables per team. That's <laughs> it's wild. pretty nuts, yeah. you know, yeah. and you multiply that out to three teams and you just have some incredibly explosive rounds um, mm -hmm. each and every time. So that's something that we definitely will have to recommend that you use. Use your grenades mm -hmm. all the time. Don't be, you know, afraid to use them because they're really, really strong. When you're trying to take a train car from someone and we haven't run into a lot of Watsons using their gens yet, uh, you can definitely deal some damage and knock people out of those train cars with your grenades. So 
be uh, be strategic with them. Try and align them with your teammates, and you're going to pack a serious punch. Let's talk about a little bit of the win conditions for this mode, though, and how you get there. Uh, obviously, it's first to three captures. So capture the train. You have to sit on it for X amount of time, or it's going to go to OT, and then you have to capture the center car, which is kind of out in the open. How do you feel about this objective style mode? I know we kind of mentioned it briefly at the beginning, but... And we're obviously big Winter Express fans, but but speak a little bit to this objective play and why you think you might like it in Apex. I really, really like it just because it keeps the fight very focused. You can play defensively and aggressively if you want to. You can completely like avoid the objective if you want to play really <laughs> aggressively, but it you need to kind of keep an eye on the train because you don't want to get in a situation where you're playing aggressively other team sweeps in takes the objective and you lost even though you killed you know an entire other team so you have Mm -hmm. to kind of keep that in mind um but the scary thing about winter express and sometimes you're just going to lose rounds no matter how good you are honestly Mm -hmm. you are going to lose rounds and one of the ways you can easily lose a round is if one team just doesn't play the objective if yeah. one of the three teams doesn't play the objective at all and you are and you get your shields cracked and you have to back off, like you can't push up on a a rampage, you know, going off behind mm-hmm. an amped cover, mm-hmm. um, you're going to lose just because you don't have that balance of the three teams fighting over an objective and the countdown happens fast. So you can capture the train pretty quick. It does start to it starts to go pretty dang quickly. Let's talk about some of the stations. Maybe any tips we want to share for each one potentially. Uh, we got a couple. I'll rattle through them. How about and then give some high level stuff if you have any tips for specific ones. So we have derailment. We have freight yard, central station, fools gulch, and refinery as these stations in rotation uh, currently and. I think the ones that we'll, we will stick with, we were told when we were going to get a different one last season, I was kind of hoping secretly we were going to be playing on some different train stations, but it doesn't make a ton of sense from a map perspective. So I do get it and I understand and I'm happy to have winter express as is. <laughs> All five of the stations are really different and really fun. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, my least favorite is probably fool's gulch. Uh, yeah, that just one's because tough. There's a lot of like sniping or kind of the trains in the low ground and mm-hmm. it's difficult uh, to not play the objective because you're just so far away from the train if you try to take yeah. a fight outside of it. The other ones though are really fun, I think. It's hard for me to pick an absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like refinery just because you're in the superstructure and you have a lot to move around on. Yeah, totally. I think the one of the big tips I'll give for dominating certain stations and understanding where you're playing is maximizing height when you can so looking at like uh central station and refinery as examples the problem with taking height a lot of times at some of these other spots is that you're too far away to then close in on the objective if need be the other team falls off kind of like we were mentioning or you need to support a teammate that's on the train those two in specific, Refinery and Central Station, you actually can be sitting on height, looking down onto the train above the train, essentially. And so all it takes is a little drop down. And we've both been enjoying playing Valk to kind of maneuver up and down between those two spots. And so definitely a solid tip, I think, for winning a couple of those stations is maximizing the height and knowing that that's a quite popular strategy as well. So you're going to definitely be contested up on those roofs and stuff uh, quite often. <laughs> yeah. And 
derailment is almost the opposite of those two stations mm-hmm. because you have the underpass under the track. Yeah. Not the most viable strategy to go hang out down there because Man, he's unless you have me, I like, lost us a game there. <laughs> Unless you have vertical <laughs> mobility like Pathfinder, Horizon, or Valk, and you can get back up quickly, you're really further than you think from mm-hmm. the train. And so if the one of the enemy teams starts capping it, you're really, you're safe, but you're far, far from the objective. So mm-hmm. that one's one to watch out for and thinking about where do you want to take control of, if not the center car, um, yeah. and making your decision based on the station. We've talked about a couple tips throughout this kind of little guide slash breakdown other ones i kind of want to highlight and make sure we don't miss um playing head glitches the quote-unquote head glitches on both sides of the train is really important predominantly on the roofs you can kind of play down slopes and uh or the center area on the back car in between the two little lips essentially to make yourself harder to hit and get off some good shots understanding the angles is really going to help you survive i'm a big fan of playing the roofs on the trains especially when one team already goes down and so you only have to worry about one you're not really going to get just shot from the other side so maximizing those angles understanding a little bit of those head glitches is kind of a a, a nice little tool to succeed Uh, outside of that though you got anything else outside of just we got to continue to continue reinforce you got to throw nades (laughs) Yeah, nades are big. On top of that, I think that picking a class that has a digital threat is almost critical. Um, Mm -hmm. Unless there's a really, really good loadout on an AR or an LMG, I think you want to prioritize at least having one of the weapons have a digital threat, even if it's a P2020, RE45, Mozambique, um, just because how crazy the mode can be. Even if you take away smoke, gas, fire, thermites, the objective icon for the center car really Mm -hmm. obstructs your vision um, from looking from the front car to the back car. So having a digital threat seriously makes the difference and is something that we try to prioritize when we're picking a loadout. Another tip in terms of dying versus living for this mode is one thing to note is you if you kill somebody, they will drop the ammo for the gun in which you killed them. But there does come times when if you get super low on ammo, it's worth dying and respawning rather than going into the next train station with no ammo. And part of that comes into play, especially when, say, you are three teams fighting, obviously, Two teams fight, one wipes, and you're too far away. And as you approach, the other team wins. It's not really worth surviving and trying to like, hey, I'm going to take the jump pads to like play and get to the next station. Just get in there, try and deal some damage and take the death so you can refresh and drop into a new power position on the next uh, uh, off the next ship with your team. And that's kind of something I see some people not getting at the start of this mode. Yeah, because you don't want to die outside of the grace period. You know, if they've already, if the enemy team has already captured the train and you're still alive and you try to follow the train and maybe you want to switch your loadout or you don't have any ammo, you're in a really bad spot. So you want to try to die in some situations so you can get that refresh. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got? Let's talk legends maybe. How about for a little bit here? So a couple new ones to Winter Express and... <laughs> A couple really important new ones to Winter Express. Fuse, Valk, Seer, Ash, and Rampart. I think each one of these has a strong argument for being played on Winter Express, but two of our favorites so far have been 
Fusion Valk. Do you want to highlight uh, a little bit maybe of why or give your girl Rampart a little bit more love as well because she cannot go untalked about in this uh, new meta potentially? Yeah, I mean, Rampart was present for last winter Express, but mm-hmm. now that she has the mobile Sheila, I think there's a lot more reason to play her in this mode. Um, holy cow. Fuse is incredible. I, I think <laughs> so I'm going to be maining Fuse um, in this mode for the rest of the month um just because the whole kit is really really strong for this game mode um so i feel bad about it but Guys, the amount of times i've been on the opposite side of the train and i see two people push henry and i'm like dang it i'm not there for him i gotta go help him out and then all of a sudden i just see all this fire in the train and people's uh death boxes or people's deaths going off in the feed it's been ridiculous so far. That ult inside, you can do some serious damage. And for those center car fights, it's a it's a pretty dominating one. It's really good. And when visibility is such a concern, being able yeah. to use the fuse ultimate on the front or the back car just to see what's going on inside so that you can throw more grenades in there. Pretty nice. Pretty mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuse, great. Valk, like I kind of mentioned, great for the quick mobility, getting up and down, being hard to find, hard to hit. Other meta legends, essentially, that we want to cover outside of here. We got Fuse, we got Valk, we got Rampart. Caustic needs to be noted. He's so good in Winter Express with the gas, controlling cars offensively and defensively. He's kind of been, I think, probably the most picked legend for Winter Express the last two times, and he'll probably be up there this time around as well. Um, And then Watson and Gibby also need a little shout-out. This mode really does shine for those defensive legends and then gibby's just always going to shine from the versatility standpoint of being offensive or defensive in an environment like this particularly gun shield and bubble super strong for pushing objectives Mm -hmm. um, especially in close quarter situations so yeah uh, the legends are the most fun part about this mode so definitely picking one that plays the objective really well is great Mm -hmm. um there's a couple Loser legends, I would say, uh, for this mode. One of them being Lifeline, just because yeah, there no is revives. no reviving. So that's a real shame for her. Um, but outside of that, I think that there's definitely some good arguments outside of this list of mm-hmm. meta legends. But really, you want to focus your power on doing damage and mm-hmm. controlling space. So whatever that means, you can do it. Yep, no doubt. To wrap it up a little bit, uh, Dude, we're excited for Winter Express to come back. I'm thrilled. I know you're hyped. It's. I think we kind of explained it as it's one of those modes in Apex where we just keep saying one more after we're done. Oh, that one didn't count. That wasn't a good one. And two hours later, we're still playing during working hours and you know we get in trouble. So that's what Winter Express does. It's our favorite mode probably of all time. And uh, the one that really got us addicted to Apex in a whole new way and got us thinking about the game in a cool, different way, which led to the start of the podcast. So we always reminisce, get a little sad and a little happy when we talk about Winter Express. And I'm super excited to have it back. I'll be playing it a ton coming up in the next week or so. Love Winter Express. Let us know if you like Winter Express. You know, last season we were unsure. We heard from some developers that after the first week, the player base really tanked. Um, we'll see what happens this season in terms mm-hmm. of the player base in general. But if you love Winter Express as much as we do, please let us know. 
Yep, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10, who supports us on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Third Party Pod, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.